The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So let's let's uh, let's begin. Sure. And uh, as we're, I'm just seeing all of you popping up like little lights, <laughs> little flickering lights popping popping up, and um, whoops. I just did something wrong here. Oh darn! <laughs> Sorry. The David, do you want there. to make? Do you want to make me a co-host? I did make you. Okay, great. I did. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Um, so, um, anyhow, I'm feeling. Uh, I, I think. I think we're all feeling connected with each other. We're all feeling um, happy to see each other. I think as a couple of you said that. It's so nice to see all of you, and it's so nice to see Robert again, and um, all of you. This connection that we have, and, and that's the um, second pillar of well-being. So, we can feel this. This is a pillar of well-being, this, this sense of, it's so nice to see all of you. It's so nice to be here. It's so nice to be connected. So this appreciation. Appreciation, it's bigger than gratitude. Gratitude is sort of, is wonderful. Gratitude is a wonderful uh, uh, quality, but appreciation has no self-reference. It's just great to see all of you. Wonderful to see all of you. And this this is a feeling of love. It's a feeling of connection. So this, this group, this Center for Healthy Minds, um, they, they take these brain scans of all kinds of people, people that have been meditating not so long, people that have been meditating that have been in caves for, you know, many years that have meditated 50,000 hours and they, you know, they're figuring out what's going on with our brain. And, um, and for our, for our benefit, what can contribute, what qualities of our brain of our, whatever, uh, attention can create the most optimal well-being. And they've come up with these these four qualities. These are not foreign qualities to any of you. It's something that we practice and talk about all the time. But it's not kind of nice to know that it's scientifically proven. This is really good for us. (laughs) This contributes to our well-being. All of our meditation practice, all of our awareness practice as we go go through the day, small moments, many times. Just being simply aware. This um, treasure. It's like we have this treasure in us. We have, we have uh, this gift in us. I, I often ask my grandson just to kind of check where he's at. I say, Emmett, 
pretend I'm the genie. I'm the magic genie because he's seen that Disney thing, Aladdin with, with the genie. So he knows the genie well. Um, I'm the genie and I'm going to give you whatever you want. What would you want if you had any wish? And so now he says, happiness. Well, I'm glad that he's saying happiness. So what would you want? You know, we have this wish-fulfilling gem. It's referred to that way in, in sutras. This wish-fulfilling gem is within us. This, it'll grant you your wish. What do you want? What do you really want? I don't know what I really want. <laughs> well, then ask again. What do you really want? I don't know. And then ask again, what do you really want? And then, why don't you do it more? You know what you really want. It's in you what you really want. We all have that in us. We know what we really want. We want to be present. We want to be aware. We want to be happy. We want to be at ease. We want to have these heart qualities of openness and kindness. And we want to, you know, just of wanting to be happy, wanting to be at ease. That's, that's love. And likewise, I want you to be happy. I really want you to be happy. I really don't want you to suffer. I want you to have all your suffering gone. Compassion is so natural. It's this wish-fulfilling gem. I want to love. I want to be compassionate. And I think we can sense how love and compassion and appreciation and generosity and gratitude and all of these heart qualities increase our well-being. I was talking with Robert about a week ago about uh, what have you learned in this past year? And he went on and on and on telling me all the things that he's learned over this past year. We've learned a lot over this past year. We've learned so many things. So we don't have to, you know, itemize all the things that we've learned over this past year. But we've learned a lot. Learned a lot how to work with our afflictions. What have you learned about how to work with your own afflictions? I'll bet there's a couple of things that you've learned about yourself when you see anger, when you see fear, when you see jealousy, when you see dullness, when you see craving, when you see I want well the traditional things are I want I want to be praised, I want a reputation, I want to food, 
when you see these things and how they pull you around by the nose. How do you work with them? Well, you know some things now that you maybe didn't know. Last year. And then this wish-fulfilling gem. What do you want? Purpose. What do you want? I don't know what I want. Well, what do you want? What do you want right now? And keeping that in mind, our deepest desire, what we really want, can give our life so much meaning. When we're washing the dishes, what do I want? When we're brushing our teeth, what do I want? When we're feeling anger or fear, what do I want? Reminding ourselves. So these, maybe you can see why these are called pillars of well-being. Keeping these, what we've been practicing, what we're practicing all the time, but maybe identifying them as wish-fulfilling gems. Maybe the wishes for well-being. Maybe the wishes for peace. Maybe the wishes for ease. So let's meditate for a little while. And then we can discuss these things in our uh, small groups with each other. Okay? So relax and sit up (laughs) if you want to sit up. But most importantly, be comfortable. Be at ease. Relax into your body. Allow the thinking mind to drop into your body. Into your breath. And letting the breath pull you down in a gravitational pull of the breath, like a magnet pulling you into the body. Down further into your hips and the seat on your chair. Aware of your thighs and calves. And feet. So you notice I'm using the word aware. Aware of your feet. The light. The light is on. Your light is on. You don't have to turn it on. You don't have to flip a switch. This is a gift. Our light is on. Where did the light come from? Who gave us the light? 
where is it coming from? Can you see where it's coming from? Is it coming from behind us or the right of us or the left of us? And we can't see where this light is coming from. But the light is certainly on. The light of hearing. The light of sensing our bodies. The light of knowing how we feel. How are you feeling right now? The light of knowing that we're thinking. And really, what we know, everything that we know, sense, is changing. It's all changing. Bodies changing, sense perceptions are changing. Everything that we see with this light, the light's the same. It doesn't change. The light's always on. But everything that it sees is changing. So who am I? The light, maybe? And we get distracted, of course, the mind wanders off. And then the light sees that, and you're already back in the light. And the Buddha was enlightened, he said. Ah, it's luminous. It's luminous here. (laughs) He said it's like nectar. He loved this luminosity. So what have you discovered about your existence here? Maybe something about change. Maybe something about the light. Maybe something about how ethical behavior doesn't helps you not get confused. What have you learned? How have you grown? 
Every one of you is unique in all the world. Like there's not two snowflakes that are the same. Trillions of snowflakes coming down from the sky and not one of them is like the other. What if your snowflake learned this year? And what is the most important thing for you? What is your purpose? What brings meaning to your life? Even in the smallest moments, Relaxing the heart area, relaxing the belly. And in this wonderful coming together of all of us, and in this meditation, may this meditation, this gathering be of benefit, not only to me, but may it benefit my loved one. Maybe think of just your loved one. Me. Some well-being, some happiness that I'm experiencing now. May it touch, may it bring some happiness and well-being to her. Or him. Next time I see her, maybe there's be something about me that can help her. Help her with her suffering. 
Help her with her happiness. Make her more happy. May she be relieved of whatever suffering she's feeling. May this meditation help her with that. Not just for me. Not just the joy, the sublime feelings I'm feeling now, but may my sublime bliss help her never be departed from sublime bliss, free from suffering. Just dedicating this to her or him. This is our compassion. We're connected. We're connected to each other. We're connected to her or him or others in our families or friends, neighbors. Extending this to all beings. This connection, we're we're one big family of beings. May my compassion extend to all beings everywhere. May all beings be happy. Wouldn't it be wonderful if all beings did not experience suffering? May all beings never be departed from sublime bliss and free from suffering. May all beings everywhere feeling that connection dwell in great equanimity, free from attachment and aversion, free from aversion and attachment. Wanting this work. You, me, and everyone here, and all of our loved ones, and everyone everywhere. Even the ones who have not been born yet. All beings want to be happy. Nobody likes to suffer. Nobody wants to suffer. Relaxing into that, opening into that. With the light of our awareness and with the meaning, the depth of commitment we have to being present, to being kind. To being free. So whenever you're ready, open your eyes slowly and look around. Maybe look around as if you've never seen this before. If you have a window, look around in a fresh way, a warm way, like as if for the first time. I never saw this before. Wow. 
the freshness of just being. This wish-fulfilling gem of our just simple seeing, wow, this gift of this precious life. So um, let's go into some breakout rooms. And uh, if you can remember awareness and connection and um, I called it insight and um, purpose. So ASIP, ACIP. If you can remember those initials, A-C-I-P. And um, let's see. Try to do this. Okay, so let's... uh, Let's take maybe 20 minutes. Um, not nearly enough time, I think, but just whatever you feel like. You don't have to, like I said, you don't have to get this right. Just just something, just something that's coming, coming up for you and hearing other people about these wish-fulfilling gems, what brings well-being, these skills of well-being, to put it in a very secular way. <laughs> okay. So have a great discussion. Hello, sweetheart. Hey there. How oh, are I didn't you, record it. I forgot to record. Oh, maybe I didn't. Yeah. No. <clears throat> so if you're back couldn't, and you don't have your screen on, could you put your screen on so we can see who you, who's back? David, are you saying something? I can't hear you. Oh. <clears throat> David, you can sounded you all fine. Can me? Thumbs yeah, up I can, I can hear down. you. Can you hear? Yes. David, mm-hmm. you're now muted. <laughs> we could what hear David happened? before and you, Robert. I think you can go ahead, Robert. I think we're pretty pretty good.
Can you hear, Can you me? hear me, Robert? Uh. We can hear you, Robert. Can you hear me? I cannot hear anyone. Robert, Robert, can you hear me? He can hear me fine. Okay. Well, I'm not hearing anyone. Are you hearing me now, Robert? No, he can't. He can't hear us. As long as you can hear me. (laughs) Okay. Somebody come off mute and, and say something. Robert, you can't hear me. I'm off mute. Hi, Robert. I'm here. Hi, Robert. I'm here. Hi, Robert. Am I muted? Or- yeah, go ahead. I can okay. hear you, Robert. Something okay. has happened to my sound, so my audio, but I don't. Robert, you're muted. Wait. Okay. I am unmuted now. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. It's a little bit odd. It's like I'm talking to a wall somehow. <laughs> so um, welcome back. And it's a joy to be here with all of you again. Uh, it's been a while. And um, <clears throat> I appreciated uh, the comments that you made when you came back from the breakout room uh, in the first section with David. And I am going to sort of follow on with the theme that he opened up (coughs) with you in the first uh, hour here. And Uh, I want to go through uh, some of the points that he was making and um, where some of these ideas came from. Um, And I I think I talked about this before at some point in the meeting with all of you, but it's worth it's worth reviewing. And when I looked at my own notes, I, I. I could say, oh, I don't, I didn't even remember this. So let's just see what happens. So I want to, um, I want to talk to sort of a research paper that had been done. David had meant that, had mentioned that, you know, there's science backing up a lot of what we are doing in our practice these days. And it's kind of, um, for those of you who are inclined to, you know, trust science, it's kind of reassuring and validating to know that that um, that is the case. So a number of years ago, I don't know how long ago, um, 
there was a study done that included several thousand participants, and it was investigating uh, the topic of neuroplasticity or how the brain changes in response to um, the kinds of things that we're thinking and feeling and acting on, and and how uh, practices such as uh, mindfulness uh, changes the emotional life of our brains and our sense of well-being. So that's kind of a mouthful. Um, the paper was based upon, our, or the paper that I'm talking about was a study that was based, um, or that was titled, uh, A Wandering Mind is an Unhappy Mind. And I tried to Google it this morning to see <clears throat> if I could find it. And there seems to be like a million articles about it. But uh, this one was a TED Talk that I had seen with uh, Richie Davidson out of the University of Wisconsin uh, in this center for, um, what does he call it? Center for Healthy Minds that David was referring to earlier this morning. And <clears throat> in this TED Talk, um, Davidson uh, asked participants to consider three questions. And the three questions that he uh, used as prompts were the first was, and, and I should say that this, is a, this was a talk that was focused on the efficacy and the power of mindfulness in our daily life practice, or just in our moment-to-moment practice. So the three questions that he asked are first, what are you doing right now? So as I ask this question, I'm going to ask you to actually consider it. What are you doing right now? And then the second question is, where is your mind right now? Is it focused on what you're doing or are you focused elsewhere? And the third question is, at this very moment, how happy or unhappy are you? So I'm going to repeat those three questions. What are you doing right now? Sort of to prime the wheel. Where is your mind right now? Is it focused on what you're doing or is it focused somewhere else? And at this very moment, do you know whether you're happy or unhappy? Or neither? So Davidson went on to say that there are four challenges that are facing society today, which are significant failures of well-being. And here's what this study found. These four challenges were, the first was distractibility. Our minds are distracted. And he points out that there's a growing attention deficit disorder on a societal level. So we all know, sadly, that we've become a culture of sound bites, um, mind-numbing news cycles, 24 hours a day of, you know, being peppered with news. And 
ever more dazzling technology that that changes almost from day to day or week to week. And it both enthralls us and it simultaneously dulls our human sensitivities. We get so drawn into it that we're just distracted. So distraction has become a kind of new normal. And we're <clears throat> we're <clears throat> aware of our distraction when we practice mindfulness, but we don't practice mindfulness every moment of our day. And <clears throat> if we're honest, we'll <clears throat> with ourselves, excuse me, I have a <clears throat> bit of a cough. Uh, if we're honest with ourselves, we will we'll recognize that we have this kind of distractibility going on. So <clears throat> that's the first challenge. The second is that um, the oh, I'm going to give you a statistic here. He points out that the average American adult spends 47 percent of their time not paying attention to what they're doing. And when we're not paying attention to what we're doing, we're significantly less happy. You see? So half of us just aren't paying attention to what we're doing most of the time. So so that the first one is distractibility. The second one is loneliness. And this is something that, you know, as we get older, really makes a a lot of sense. He says that 76% of middle-aged Americans report that they suffer from high levels of loneliness. And it might be even higher for older Americans or older people. And uh, recent research shows that loneliness is actually a predictor by more than a twofold magnitude of early mortality compared even to things like obesity. Twice, twice, twice the impact, the negative impact, loneliness. The third um, item is negative self-talk, that voice within us, our inner critic that leads us towards depression. And depression is on the rise in our country especially among women and increasingly among youth, kids 12 to 18. And sadly, this is much worse in females than it is in males. Young girls are really suffering. In the last uh, couple of years, the last three or four years alone, there's been a 33% increase in the diagnosis of major depression in women and young girls. And sadly, and this is <clears throat> bears out statistically, suicide in America is also on the rise. And with young people, at least one teenager commits suicide every day in our country, at least one. And then the fourth um, <clears throat> uh, item on this list is the loss of meaning and purpose. So what Davis was talking about, what is our purpose in life? Purpose, with a loss of that, uh, it predicts early death. So people in their 60s with a low purpose in life are over two times more likely to die within five years 
than those with higher levels of purpose. Interesting, huh? So uh, Davidson with his team out there at the University of Wisconsin in Madison, where I went to school, in his Center for Healthy Minds, he came comes up with these four pillars of a healthy mind. And they are exactly what David uh, went through with you. Uh, I'll give them to you quickly, and then I'll just say a little bit about each one. They're number one, awareness, connection, insight, and purpose. So once again, awareness, connection, insight, and purpose. So awareness, as it's being used here, is the capacity to recognize that we can focus our mind to resist distraction. And psychologists define that term as meta-awareness, as knowing what our minds are doing. Meditation practitioners, Buddhist practitioners would call that quality mindfulness, which is necessary in order for real transformation to occur. And I want to just go back to what Gail shared with us, just to be aware of the quality of suffering in our life, to hold that awareness allows compassion to actually come into fruition, you see? Because when we can't see suffering, when we don't see it, when we don't have the mindfulness and mental clarity to see it, we actually block ourselves inadvertently from being able to touch this beautiful heart quality of compassion. So the first is awareness. The second is connection. And this connection entails cultivating qualities that nurture harmonious personal relationships, all the beautiful things that David was pointing to, qualities such as appreciation, kindness or compassion towards yourself and towards others, feelings of goodwill towards others, feelings of generosity. It's like the holiday season, and somehow I am (laughs) feeling more generous than I normally am aware of. So these feelings of generosity, having a positive outlook. So research shows that it doesn't take much to activate these latent qualities, which can flourish and become stronger. So just bringing them to mind, just thinking about them is enough to activate them. And these studies that are being done with functional MRI studies that put people into brain scanners, even just a few minutes a day of mindfulness practice shows changes in the brain after a very, very short period of time. And I think if I remember the TED talk that he did, he said, it doesn't mean that those changes last. But as long as you're practicing mindfulness, those changes occur. So if you stop practicing, it's it's not going to 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 last. But so practice. The third is um, insight, and this is insight into the narratives that we have about ourselves, the voice that 
you know, judges us harshly or, or the voice that befriends us and is, is kind, the, the tone of the voice. So there's many people among us, maybe even you or me sometimes, whose inner narratives just reinforce negative self-beliefs. And we take these, <clears throat> these beliefs uh, to be our identity. We take these, we believe in them, we think they're true, and they can really lead us down rabbit holes into depressive episodes. So insight into the, the nature and the quality of the internal dialogue is important. And then um, what's really significant here, and it's a little bit subtle, healthy, a healthy mind entails changing our relationship to these negative uh, narratives that we have. It's not so much about changing the narrative, itself. It's more about how we look at the narrative and see it for what it is. We change our relationship to it because when we see this spewing of negativity, it's really just a constellation of thoughts that are arising and passing away. But in that moment, we identify with it and we get hooked. And then the, the last thing Uh, on this list of the four pillars is the purpose. And this is having a sense of life, having a sense that your life, my life, has purpose and direction. And we can learn to recognize purpose in simple everyday activities, simple things like taking a walk or taking the garbage out or brushing your teeth. You can practice this quality at any moment. So for, you know, all of you who've been meditating and you come to the meditation center, this is almost like mindfulness 101, but it's interesting to think about these things in terms of the impact that it actually has on our neural activity and then how the mind and the body interact, and that affects our actual experience in any given moment. So so what I'd like to do is um, have you go into a breakout room, and we're a little bit shorter on time. So I have about, uh, I have four prompts here that I'm going to pop in chat. I'm going to try to pop it in chat. Let's see if I can do this. Uh, Everybody, where is everybody? Oh, there, everyone in the meeting. All right. Uh, So these are the four chat, these are the four prompts. Now, you don't have time to do all four. So I just want you to look at those yourself and decide that you want to talk about one of those things. <clears throat> but I would like you to focus on on the actual prompts because that will keep us focused on on <clears throat> these four these four um what did what did I call it? These these, yeah, these four pillars of a healthy mind. 
are these four pillars of well-being is what I think David called it. So what are some ways that you build connections in your mind? Or how does insight into your relationship with your personal narratives, the stories you tell yourself, show up for you? You know, and 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 in what ways can you be a better friend to yourself? Or how do you experience purpose and direction in life? And the last one is, are you happy or unhappy right now? How do you know? So pick just one of those things and um, and share it with one another. And I think the breakout rooms have about three people in them, David. How, how many per room? Um, three or four. So try try to do it so that everybody gets a chance to share something, okay? And when people are sharing, really listen. Really listen to them. And when you're offering your share, you know, really feel into your experience as as you're sharing it. So if you... How much time will we have? Are you going to open the breakout rooms or... I, I'll open the breakout rooms, David. I think I've got access to it. I still can't hear anyone. So enjoy, and you'll come back in about 10 minutes. Carla, can you hear me? You're on mute right now. Can you, can you hear me? Unmute now? yourself. Huh? Can you hear Say me? Say something. Yes. I don't know what happened to my sound. I'm going to put you in a breakout room. Hmm. I will put you into. I can't see you on the list here. Are you in a breakout room? Not now. I'm all by myself. <laughs> uh. Okay. Move <clears throat> to breakout room. I'm putting you in breakout room too, Carla. Okay, thank you. And Christine. Yeah, hi there. I thought I was going into a breakout room. Were you in a breakout? David, can you hear her? Can you put her in? I I have no sound. Oh, can you just just pop her into one of the breakout rooms? Yeah, I've got it now. Can you hold on just a second, please? Hold on. 
13, I don't know what that is. And if you could move iPad 87, I don't know who that is, into breakout room 11. And I'm going to start the recording. Jeannie has her her hand up, so thank you. A deep bow of appreciation to my Dharma brother, Michael, who shared last time because I complained and whined about not wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to share out and just say, Nikki and Michael, I appreciated your Dharma heart talk. It's heart talk so much. Nikki talked about having used a practice in connection with negative self-talk that Mm. she, she used from a teacher that just, it takes the phrase, I forgive you Mm. to yourself three times. Mm. And the power of that, I think can't be underestimated. Uh. And, and Michael also said that he realized connection by coming to this group really transformed his morning and that his happiness level was raised as a result. Talk about verifying the research, Robert, (laughs) that you Mm -hmm. shared and that awareness is such a key. And I I echo all they said. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Thank you, Jeannie. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yes. I'm going to do the same thing with my reaction button. You're going to get a big heart. (laughs) It's great. And this is just a demonstration of the wisdom that exists in this sangha, this group, you see. And it's there for us at every moment. So thank you all for, it's it's wonderful to be back. Thank you all for engaging in a little bit of that practice. And I want to turn, pass the baton to my dear and beloved friend, Fiona, and she will get the last word as they say on MSNBC. (laughs) You get the last word. (laughs) Well, um, if anyone is very anxious to share, I'd love to, you know, don't, don't hold back, but, um, and I don't know if I can see, raise your hand. Otherwise we can move forward, but thank you all for, for your presence and, and sharing with each other. These small groups are just very precious. And um, our open hearts can be a support to each other and to ourselves, you know, in this, in this journey that we're going through.
maybe just um, maybe settling, you know, talking and sharing and listening sort of brings up a tremendous, for me, energy. And we could just settle um, into our bodies, just sort of take a few simple, be aware of this breath again, our great dear friend, the breath. And feeling the warmth of this body, however it's showing itself to us today at this stage of life. Also, our this great miraculous dear friend, our body. You know, it's 73 years, I think. Wow. Things are still working. Pretty amazing. You know? Let's not compare, Fiona. Let's just be deeply grateful. What is working? This first quality is referred to as awareness, and um, in our in this practice of opening our senses and our hearts to what is arising. What a great medicine <laughs> this can be for us. And I um, rediscovered a, a poet. Uh, I just love this simple poem about awareness that was shared uh, through a teacher this last weekend. I was listening to his teaching on um, the simplicity starting again, the awareness of the body and just going back to the basics. It's a poem by William Stafford. Starting here, what do you want to remember? How sunlight creeps along a shining floor what scent of old wood hovers, what softened sound from outside fills the air. Will you ever bring a better gift for the world than the breathing respect that you carry wherever you go right now? Are you waiting for time to show you some better thoughts? When you turn around, Starting here, lift this new glimpse that you found, carrying into evening all that you want from this day. This interval you spent reading or hearing this, keep it for life. What can anyone give you greater than now? Starting here, right in this room, when you turn around. David suggested, you know, to open your eyes from his meditation and just look. What's 
what's here right now with fresh eyes, open heart, letting the narratives quiet down, just, just start again. Read it one more time. Starting here, what do you want to remember? The sunlight creeps along a shining floor. What scent of old wood hovers? What softened sound from outside fills the air? Will you ever bring a better gift for the world than the breathing respect that you carry wherever you go right now? Are you waiting for time to show you some better thoughts? When you turn around, starting here, lift this new glimpse that you found, carry into evening all that you want from this day. This interval you spent reading or hearing this, keep it for life. What can anyone give you greater than now? Starting here, right in this room, when you turn around. We're approaching this winter solstice. Next week. And I have found this time of year so meaningful um, to really slow down and be invited to simplicity. To Opening to inside is deep. What's inside this heart you know, that can be quiet and sustains us? And to rest in the change, the ever change of our life in this world, but to know this deep place of awareness and newness. I want to thank you all for your presence here, for your sincerity, for your openness, and your generosity to each other. May we carry this into the day, this day. Take care. Okay.
power of our compassionate practice transform suffering, all of our suffering, all suffering everywhere be transformed into peace through the power of our compassionate practice. May the hearts of all beings be open and may our wisdom radiate from within. Thank you all. If you want to, if you'd like to unmute, just wave and say but goodbye. It's so great to see you. Thank you, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.